I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. You know, at, at this point, I just felt like as I mentioned earlier, we, we owed it to the players to give them uh, a different voice, perhaps slightly different vision, give them some confidence and opportunity. We've got nine games. We've got seniors on this team that have invested a lot for a long time. So right now, my number one focus, the staff focus, is the boys, is the players, that we make sure that they're okay. I appreciate Trev and administration for showing faith in me to lead the program. This is about Nebraska football. It's bigger than me than anyone else. And I want y'all to understand that. It's bigger to me than anyone else. I want to thank the fans for continuing to support us and to ride with us and to stay with us through thick and thin. You, they, they've done that. I want you to know this is a, a great opportunity for me and my family. We understand that. We're here to represent the University of Nebraska to the fullest. Hello here and welcome to this edition of the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, Steve Sipple. You just heard from Trev Alberts, Mickey Joseph. Um, unless you've been under a rock all week, um, you know the news out of Lincoln. Scott Frost was fired on Sunday after uh, Nebraska's um, really one of the program lows. I mean, they gave up 642 yards in Memorial Stadium on Saturday against a first-year head coach against Georgia Southern. Trev Alberts fired Scott Frost less than 12 hours after the game ended um, in Lincoln and named Mickey Joseph the interim head coach. It's been quite a week. Uh, we we have not heard or we won't hear much more out of Lincoln this week. We're holding Trev Alberts on Sunday. We heard from Mickey Joseph on Tuesday, and that's going to be it as far as what comes out of the official press gatherings. Mickey Joseph's radio show as well will take place this week. But, Sip, you've been around 33 years now. Um, you've been around a lot of weeks. Break down what you saw this week. Well, I mean, it's I kind of tell you it doesn't. Uh, I hope you understand where I'm coming from on this. It doesn't feel as enormous as it once did. This has become sort of the page kind of turned yeah. quickly. Well, the page turned quickly, and we've been through this so often that it doesn't feel as enormous. I will tell you this: when Frank Solich was fired in um, 2000, late 2003, that felt incredibly enormous. Yeah, um, that was earth-shattering stuff. Um, so then, who was after that? Callahan. Callahan. It still felt enormous. Yeah, to me. I mean, we knew Cal. I remember we flew back because the game kicked off at 10 a.m. in Colorado. Okay, now and we there, we flew back on the same day to get back for the press conference. I yeah, still remember there's that. There's huge differences in that. I mean, it was still novel with Frank, and he had a what was his winning percentage? Is over 700. Mm-hmm. Um, it was controversial. Um, Callahan was 27 and 22. wasn't controversial, but it still it was still a point in Nebraska history where firings felt big. Yeah. Um, Bose was a surprise based on his win loss record. <laughs> Bose was just very tumultuous. Yes. It was very tumultuous. Like it was, it was sort of. He it said, was, she said. Yeah, there's a lot going on with that. Riley's was smooth, very smooth. <laughs> um, you knew it was coming, um, and Frost was smooth. You knew it was coming. Sixteen thirty-one. Frost was just—it just was sad. It I mean, was just kind of sad. Yeah. But it was quieter. It was a much quieter. It uh, it doesn't feel nearly as enormous anymore because the novelty's gone. Right. Right. When, when you cycle through that five. many coaches, yeah. cycled through five, and before then, you know, you had two over what forty years. Yeah. So I mean. Uh, that in itself kind of shows that. Uh, See what I'm saying? When you when you experience something so much, like you said, it loses its novelty. And I think that the shock value of a Nebraska coaching change between head football coaches, athletic directors, basketball coaches. I mean, it's the most high profile positions in the athletic department. There's been so much turnover in recent years that 
you know, this just kind of becomes part of the norm where every few years you're going to be doing press conferences like this and you're going to exactly. hear, hear all these same comments kind of regurgitated in different ways. Uh, and, you know, until the results finally change, then I don't know what kind of magnitude these types of things are going to have. Going what forward. we're suggesting here is that we've become a little bit callous. Yeah. I mean, it, it, that's the way it is, Sean. What I've learned about the last 20 years, especially now in the Big Ten, if you have just any kind of cracks in your operation, you're not going to win in this league. The teams that win in this league are buttoned up, professional. They have a plan. They develop. They're organized. Mm -hmm. if, if you don't have those things going, mm -hmm. with the money that's invested in this conference now with coaches, facilities, the whole nine yards, it's extremely difficult. Mm -hmm. And Nebraska's tried to cut corners over the years at times and just different areas. Well, now, wait. wait, wait what do you mean cut corners? Well, huh? just – are they cutting corners? Roster development, um, you know, taking chances on some things here and there. Okay. I mean, and just – Okay. Maybe this is their approach of going about things in this conference. Mm -hmm. um, not money corners. Not, mo not, not, not money corners. I mean, no. And the money really turned on when Frost was hired. Yeah. Um, Riley was hired relatively cheap when you mm -hmm. think about it. Mm -hmm. And so and his assistants were paid well. Like Diaco was paid like an exorbitant amount of money mm -hmm. for that time. Mm -hmm. But I'm saying like just building a team and structure and staff to win in this league, you can't cut corners. Right. I, I, got, I, got, I totally agree with you. And the last two head coaches have just really been – and don't blame yeah, it on the Big Ten either. Pretty colossal failures. I mean, well, right? And, and I mean, it seems like their plans uh, had very little chance of success at the Big Ten. You know, Sean's talking about how like the need for as close to perfection as you can get. And you know, you got Mike Riley bringing in a bunch of you know, or former Oregon State staffers. You got Scott Frost bringing in a bunch of guys that have never coached at the Power Five level. You know, mm -hmm. and so like. To think that, you know, we did it this way here and it's going to work here, I think that that uh, had its flaws to where this whole notion that the Big Ten is going to adjust to us, that it doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. Especially at this level with the level of coaching in this conference, you need to coach to the conference and make sure that you are prepared to fit in with what you're going up against nine times a year. So yeah. you, better, you better hire somebody in that head coaching role that understands fully what you guys are alluding exactly. to. That, that's kind of more what I'm getting at. Yeah. Like, Just because it worked with the Pac-12 or the AAC does not mean that it's going to work in the Big Ten. I felt though, like animal. in Frost's first year, especially the back end of that schedule, like you could see what his offense could be if it operated right. Like It gave Wisconsin and Iowa did. and Ohio State a lot of problems. Fair. A lot of problems. That's fair. And you know, they created matchups, but they had the players. Mm -hmm. They had Maurice Washington. They, I mean, they could plug Maurice Washington into a slot position at Iowa, and you know J.D. Spielman was out, and, and then Stanley, and right? Stanley and Divine, mm -hmm. and you know you go down the line of guys they had on that first team. What else did they have? Who did they have a tight end? Well, even like Jack Stahl, he doesn't yeah. get enough credit, but he's an active roster NFL tight end. Right? No, you're right. And Austin Allen's practice squad, right? Mm -hmm. You can make the case that that was the best offensive line you had. Was yeah, Tanner, with Farm, Tanner like, Farmer and Gerald I mean, Foster you would, and those guys. You, on year five, and this is probably not a good thing, you would kill to have Tanner Farmer and Gerald Foster at guard right now. Yeah, you're right. There, no, there, there's there no doubt about that. There was a that. reason they could run the ball as well as they did mm -hmm. and that none of those other backs could even touch. In the mentality of Foster and guys like Farmer, they were dudes, and mm -hmm. they would they would call guys out. And mm -hmm. I mean, just – I don't know. Yeah, you just think about some of the things that went wrong. But now it's Mickey's show, and – I like the approach he took, and, and we'll get into it more here, but he kept it, you know, he was really, really well rehearsed, I felt. He didn't want to say too much. Mm -hmm. He kept it about Nebraska, about the players. I think people try to make it a lot about other things, and, mm -hmm. and he steered it back to, no, this is about Nebraska. Yeah, he, he, I mean, really, that was sort of his theme. This is not about me. This is nobody's bigger than the program. Um, Mickey kept emphasizing that. And that, that make, makes a lot of sense in his situation right now. And he did. He kept it about the program and about the players. Well, and about Oklahoma, by the way, which yeah. first, you know, it's sort of interesting, isn't it? Through all this tumult, they're playing Oklahoma and you uh, almost forget about uh, it. First time Oklahoma's been back here in over a decade. Nobody's been talking Nobody's about it. Nobody's been talking about it. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. But uh, yeah, to your point, you know, I thought that the way he handled that press conference was right in line with what Trev was hitting at in his 
press conference on Sunday where he said, we're not trying to win the press conference. You know, we we're about action now. And Mickey was like, I'm not going to sit here and talk about all this, you know, great things that I've achieved. We, we got work to do and mm-hmm. we're going to focus on that. Yep. All right. When we come back, we're going to get more into this Oklahoma Nebraska matchup. We're going to talk offense because uh, lost in the news cycle, Nebraska's offense played pretty darn well against Georgia Southern. Uh, we'll hit on that and more. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. It's a little weird. Didn't wake up Sunday morning knowing this was going to happen, but it did. Had to accept it. And my message to the team was, I know you're hurting. Frost is like a brother to me. He gave me an opportunity to come here and coach at my alma mater, coach at the University of Nebraska. I would always love him and always appreciate him. I was always respect him. The kids would always love him, but I know they were hurting. But at the end of the day, it's gonna, that ball's gonna kick off on Saturday. So mentally, we had to get him back and get him ready. And welcome back here to the Oscar Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, Steve Sipple, getting you ready for Saturdays, 11 a.m. Big noon kickoff game in Lincoln. The Oklahoma Sooners coming to town for the first time since the famous Landry Jones, Matt O'Hanlon interception party um, when Indomitian Indom- Sioux went off. And that, that, well, didn't, didn't Roy have a big run? Yeah. And mm-hmm. Didn't Roy Hallou have a big run? Didn't he? Mm-hmm. I give Sean Watson, I go back to that game, and he, I give him a lot of credit the way he simplified their offense. He said, we're not going to be cute anymore. And he, he used Jim Tressel as an example. He's like, we're going to manage the game, play physical. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they were just lining up in like simple like eye formations with fullbacks. And, yeah. And well, went, Hulu got loose for a long run. 66-yarder right out of the gates. Thank you. Uh, and what will Hanlon do? How many Did he have two picks? Two picks, right, or yeah. three. Two or three. God, you have three picks in that game. Well, Matt O'Hanlon. Landry Jones had four yeah. picks, I believe. Four. I think he threw four. What Rob. I remember about that game, DeMarco Murray, obviously a great NFL run. He's now the running backs coach for Oklahoma, right? Oh, is that right? Yeah, he's, well, he was on the staff before. I, I, I assume he's on the staff still. Sean, don't say things on the air that okay, you don't know. Okay, hold on. We'll look this up. <laughs> Robin will look it up while I'm talking. But uh, DeMarco Murray, there were some crucial fourth downs, mm-hmm. and they were going for him. Uh-huh. And – Eric Haig and the edge, and those guys set the edge that entire – Philip Dillard. Yeah. And they could not get to the perimeter on no, Nebraska's defense. Oh, God, they were swarming. They I mean, were swarming. It, it was like fourth and one, fourth and twos, and Stoops was going for them, and they were getting just shut down. Yeah, that's right. And Alex Henry had one of the best punting games you'll ever see. That's right. Boy, those are – see, you're – See, what, when you do this, when you reflect, you, you start talking about some names that were good ball players. I mean, those are good they, NFL guys. They don't have a lot of that right now. They, don't have, they have some. They have some. But they don't have those guys that you're talking about. But yeah, uh, this they seg- might have a halloo now, by the way. Uh, this segment of the Husker Online Show, by the way, brought to you by Tanner's Sports Bar and Grill in Omaha um, and Lincoln both. Make sure you check out Tanner's 33rd and Yankee Hill here in Lincoln, or 30th in Yankee Hill in Lincoln. Um, it's a great place to go. If you're not going to the game, go watch the game there or go after the game and go in there and get some wings. Um, I believe uh, the ticket, they'll be there as well. Or One of our affiliates, they do some post-game shows from Tanner. So uh, get into Tanner's Sports Bar and Grill. Awesome place to watch games. Did you find anything from me, Robin? Yes. Yeah, so uh, the big halloo run, that was in the, the Big Ten, Big 12 championship game. Oh. The game in Lincoln, the last time uh, Oklahoma was in Lincoln, 2009, was a 10-3 Nebraska win where Landry Jones threw five picks. Five picks. On 58 pass attempts. 50. Matt O'Hanlon had three picks. Prince and Philip Dillard had the other two. Whoa. Uh, the only touchdown was a Zach Lee pass to Ryan Hill. Wow. For wow. your trivia Tied question in. there. Tied and in. Alex Henry missed a pretty big field goal late in that game. Okay. Because was it 10-7, the final? Uh, 10-3. 10-3. So Henry missed one that would have made it 13-3. So it made the ending kind of interesting. But, yes, DeMarco Murray is the running backs coach for Oklahoma. Okay. Well, you were right about that, I, John. I, I, I'm not just making stuff up here. I can promise you that. DeMarco Murray had 14 carries for 47 yards in that game. They, they shut him down. But 
All right, let's talk offense for Nebraska because um, I think loss in the shuffle in the news cycle was how well Nebraska played on offense. They had six 75-plus yard touchdown scoring drives. Uh, they rushed for over 250. They threw for over 300. They put up 42 points. As we know, Nebraska was previously 214-0 and at Memorial Stadium when scoring over 35 points. They put up numbers that you never lose. A, I mean, you should never lose a football game the way Nebraska played on offense last week. But how do you do it? An historically bad defensive performance. George Southern had the most yards ever in Memorial Stadium's history. Yeah, I mean, the offense, you mentioned the balance. The, Nebraska's got two good running backs going right no now. No turnovers as well. Yeah, no turnovers. Nebraska's got Anthony Grant and A.J. Allen going, both, at the, both of them at a high level, particularly Anthony Grant. Marcus Washington uh, broke out in this game. Six catches. 123 and, yards. Thank you, Rob. He, he, he looked excellent. Um, Nebraska's level of skill talent is good. I mean, it is good. They got a good crop oh, yeah. of guys over there. Um, I, you know, I, I would have to say the offensive line was adequate for sure. I mean, you can't, put, yeah, you can't put up those kind of yards without be, doing something up front. But, but the key is Casey. Casey has been what I exactly what I thought. He's a stabilizer. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. He's not flaky. You don't worry about Casey flaking out. He's very, very. I mean, he's a mature kid. He's twenty three years old. He turns twenty four here pretty quick, and he plays like that. He yeah, doesn't make dumb mistakes. Right, and he doesn't take a lot of unnecessary sacks. risks. Yeah, he doesn't take sacks and. There's been a couple times when you could say maybe he tried to force it in there, um, particularly yeah. late against Northwestern. Yeah, he did force a couple of throws. But but more often than not, he's making the right read, and he's finding the open guy. He yes, completed he 68% of his passes in that game. And, uh, you know, again, a lot of those are drops. Like, if, if guys are holding on the football, that completion percentage is probably over 70 every week so far. So that is what you want out of your quarterback. You know, that's what Mark Whipple wants out of his quarterback is a quarterback that's going to make plays, but more importantly, not make game-changing mistakes. And Casey has avoided those for the most part. And we didn't ask this to Coach Joseph today, but Teddy Prohaska, we don't know his status. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, from what I know, I don't know if we'll see him this week. We'll see. But from what, what I do you know, Sean? I mean, he suffered a leg injury to his other leg. And I don't think it's a major injury, um, but I, I don't think we'll see him. If I had a, a Kevin Williams, though, stepped in and, and did all right for 11 snaps. At left tackle. Mm-hmm. Will they keep him there or will Corcoran play left? I mean, there's a lot of inside baseball things that we don't know about that line. This that you'll, you'll have to go down there for pregame warm-ups and get a feel for that on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Kevin Williams, I guess, for whatever it's worth, is listed as the outright number two left tackle on the depth chart, which, again, they don't change that much, but – that's the way the depth chart is laid out in the game notes. Well, what you wonder too, and I don't, I don't mind bringing this up because there's a certain reality attached to it. You wonder about the locker room a little bit right now. If there's, if there's some frustration about that defense, um, I, it's just a question, and, and it's a, it's born of reality. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, I rode down the elevator last year with a with a veteran defensive back after the Michigan State game. It was, it was not right after the game. It was the Monday following that trip to East Lansing, and I was struck by it. Again, I'll just say a veteran defender who just had who – was, who was, I mean, four-letter word angry about the punt. Mm. And, and it, I was really struck by it, and I thought, man, that's can't be, that can't be comfortable in the locker room. Well, I we mean, only heard from one offensive player – after that game three minutes and it was Casey Thompson and he was asked about that like you know how do you as an offense when you put up those types of numbers score that many points and lose you know what are your thoughts he's like I am a quarterback I only worry about what I can control and what the offense does Mm -hmm. you know I'll leave everything else up to the the leaders on defense to handle that so you know he he didn't say it but you could kind of get the sense that you know he, he thought we did enough to win, the other side of the ball didn't. And where that game went sideways was right off the beginning. And Nebraska almost needed to score first. Mm-hmm. Um, they it, they, they basically were behind, it felt, the whole way. Well, they were. They took the lead at 42-38. That was their first lead. And That was know, their first lead. By not scoring on the first possession, and then you give Georgia Southern the ball in the third quarter, they had this possession advantage. <laughs> and and. Sometimes, like in an Iowa game, that's not a big deal. Uh-huh. But in a Nebraska game, that's yeah. a really big deal. In this game, yeah. it was. It's a huge deal. Yeah. So it's crazy yeah. is they won the turnover battle, though. They, yeah, they had two extra possessions. and But, yeah, Georgia Southern, on the other hand, had seven scoring drives, 
of 74 more yards. Six for touchdowns, one was a field goal. That's outrageous. So lots to get into, and we're, we're going to talk defense, um, some of the changes that were made this week and more next. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. I met with Coach, Coach Shins. We're going to play faster. We're going to tackle in practice. We're going to detail what we're doing with our kids. We're going to make our kids hold themselves accountable, and we try to fix the problems. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washington, C. Simple, getting you ready for Saturday's Oklahoma-Nebraska game, 11 a.m. on Fox. Uh, before we get to that, no better time to check out HuskerOnline.com. Uh, we're new on the On3 Sports Network. Uh, we are the fastest-growing site on their network right now. No better time uh, to join Get all the latest inside scoop. Get Steve Sipple's columns, all the content we produce. Uh, $10 for the annual uh, subscription for the year. That's at HuskerOnline.com on the On3 Sports Network. All right, let's talk defense, guys. You look at what uh, changes were made this week. Very minimal. Eric Chenander used to coach Nichols. He's going to coach safeties. Travis Fisher is going to coach both Nichols and corners. They're going to tackle more in practice. That's the Cliff Notes version of robin of what they're going to kind of change up they're going to try to go a little faster in practice yeah and uh i guess the other big shake is you know mondays off they're going to come in right away on sundays and go through their their meetings and walk through uh take monday off and then tuesday wednesday are going to be fast live full contact practices and you know mickey joseph kind of made it clear that uh, you can't improve tackling without actually tackling in practice. I know that's... Uh, yeah, now, now here's a question I have for you guys. They they had to practice tackling, right? Yeah. They're not... I mean, but they, I mean, like, look, look. Are back. they just going to do more of it? That's it's hard for us it. to know. Well, and I think a lot of it, too, is more starters versus starters. Yeah, you know, ones versus ones, yeah. To get that, get that live good-on-good good, uh, looks that I think they, they probably weren't doing enough of because they were so fearful of getting hurt. When Mickey went down that road of we're gonna we're we're actually gonna tackle and practice, it's uncomfortable to me because it's not like they don't tackle and practice. I, I mean, I think they took guys to the ground. Uh, we don't know. See, that's the thing. We're in this sort of yeah. awkward position as media. Yeah. Um, we don't really it, know because we, we don't see it. It's like when Scott Frost said they didn't squat before, and then former players that were on those teams said we squatted right you know? right <laughs> yeah. it gets a little yeah. he said she said yeah, yeah there's some there, there's some ambig, ambiguity because the media we're not there all the time yeah. i would right? just take it as mickey viewed it as they weren't tackling enough yeah and they're going to tackle more that's especially yeah. with starters against starters that's the way i took it rob that's why i took it you're listening here to the husker online show as uh, we talk defensive storylines but how do you fix this guys i mean when i when you look at Nebraska's defense, it doesn't seem like they're disguising very well. Um, they're getting destroyed pre-snap read, and that was never more evident. I mean, Clay Helton and his staff did a lot of checks, a lot of pre-snap looks, and they found like the weak spot in every single look Nebraska was bringing out. They found the numbers advantage. <laughs> oh well, Scott, Scott, as he tends to do, um, hung it on the scheme. He said we got out schemed. Okay, he said it. And they did, though. Now, people will say Scott doesn't need to be saying that. But he, he did speak the truth. And, and it was something I told Sean Rob last week. What did I say, Sean? My main concern going into the Georgia Southern game was Clay Helton versus mm -hmm. Eric Chenander. It was my, I, I, I was concerned about That it. mismatch was obvious from the opening possession. Right. It, I mean, that, that offense was better prepared. And here's the deal. Now the book is fully out. Uh, you know how you can run against Nebraska, and you know how you can throw against Nebraska because the recipe has been fairly similar the last three weeks. If you can get those 
safeties and linebackers in space, more often than not, they're going to miss. And mm-hmm. you're going to have a chance to get to the second level and pop some big runs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in the secondary, they're going to play off. And they're going to have this really uh, pretty soft p- soft coverage. And you're going to have everything you want underneath. So <sighs> if you get the ball out, uh, you're going to have basically your pick uh, of where you want to go with the football. And so um, that's that's first and foremost. For one, you got to be able to tackle better. And maybe that's kind of what what Mickey's getting down to uh, with with his comments, uh, but also you got to find a way to be more aggressive with your scheme. Um, one other thing, you got to be more physical with your corners and just attack more. One other thing that Mickey mentioned, guys, is um, being your gaps. I mean, gap integrity. Um, Nebraska, those runs that Georgia Southern made, that that at times Northwestern made, and and North Dakota made mm-hmm. guys out of gaps. I mean, they just got exploited when a guy runs 67 yards and is untouched at the line of scrimmage, that's a gap issue. Mm-hmm. There's guys out of gaps. Now, that is fixable. That, that's the kind of thing that fi- is fixable. Pad level's fixable, right? Um, tackling, to a, an extent, is fixable. There's some things that they can get better at. But here's, here's the other question to that is they're not rotating in the secondary and they're not rotating at linebacker and their linebacker Rotating depth, personnel? Yes, personnel. I mean, not, the snap count discrepancy is pretty stark between Fisher's never been a big rotation guy in the secondary so the guys that are missing the tackles particularly that safety and inside linebacker they're not coming off the field Mm -hmm. and so is that fixable I mean you're talking about guys that for three three games now have had the same issues every single week and and it hasn't gotten any better in fact it's got worse Mm -hmm. and and there's a I mean, come on! Oklahoma's gonna have better personnel than any than any team Nebraska's seen so far. No the personnel's gonna be. Are they really? My question though is: Are they really the sixth team in the nation? Sixth ranked well, team. I mean, they're, all I'm yeah, saying, Sean, is they're gonna be better at personnel. Yeah. No, I don't they, know. If they have better players than Georgia Southern. And I'm willing to say that. And, <laughs> and, and North, and North Dakota. Dakota. Come on, Sean. Yeah, it's it's scary. I mean, to think what Clay Helton did at Nebraska in that game. I know. Yeah, and the, the, he had the advantage. Every single play. I mean, this wasn't like Justin Fields or a great Ohio State team. It looked like Nebraska was guessing, and they were missing on all those guesses. And even on the radio call, I was listening to Greg, Sharp, and Matt. Like, on that fourth and three that they got to, like, essentially, you know, set up their game-winning drive, Greg's like, they're going to throw to the right receiver. It's a, you know, it's right hash. He's getting a five-yard cushion, and he's just going to throw it right to that guy. Oh boy! And that's what happened. It's like okay, okay. Now you think you don't think those Georgia Southern guys in the box can see that too? Yeah. Like my question, I asked this on our post-game show we do, and by the way, you need to check out our post-game shows, Husker Online YouTube channel, um, and on Husker Online, we're going to go. I believe, I think we're going to try to go at five thirty or six after the game ends on Saturday. Uh, Sipple, Robert, and I will go on and, and break it down, but. Why can't Nebraska just get up and play physical bump press coverage? I, I don't and I don't know the answer to that. You could have, you could have and Eric Chandler was not available yeah. um, this week. Like why? I mean, bo- you think about like when you're going to get aggressive up front. Why can't you got big corners? Why yeah. can't they get Pretty up there big. and grab people and, and hit them? Mm-hmm. I mean, I agree. Pol- Polini's corners used to it would be like a street fight mm-hmm. in the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. And the other Big Twelve team, remember how mad the other Big Twelve schools would get how physical Nebraska's corners used mm-hmm. to play. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like they they would get penalties because they would be so physical yep. at times. Yeah, you're right. Alfonso Denner got got him physical. He got thrown out of the South Carolina game. Yeah, physical corner, physical yeah, corner. I mean, like really, any level is more physical than what they were in that game. Just constantly playing five to seven yards off the ball. I just don't understand. If they're that scared of guys getting beat deep, yeah, I mean, and is that more reflection on what they think of the safety play? I don't know, but uh, I mean, that's given a lot of grace to receivers from Southern Miss that or Southern uh, Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern. That uh, you know, physically, your corners should have an upper hand on and should be able to dictate the rhythm that they have coming off the line of scrimmage. Yep. It's probably the. I mean, you look at the secondary for Nebraska. In terms of just body size, they've, they've maybe never had guys this big before. Yeah, they're I mean, big, good-looking. I mean, it's a good-looking athletic secondary. Well, and I hate to go back to that Athlon Sports preseason comment, but th- that one anonymous coach said Nebraska is the best-looking team in the Big Ten West when they get off the bus, but then they fall apart on the field, mm-hmm. and that's what we've seen. Yep. I mean, that's accurate. That's accurate. I hate those quotes because I always question whether they're real, but that's, that's an accurate quote. All right. Well, when we come back, Grant Hansen will join us. We got lots of questions in the mailbag. We'll get to those next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. 
Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Well, you know, I, I played in the Big Eight, where we had to face them. We had to face them every year, and it was always a big game. You know, I have um, I have friends over there. You know, and I, I um, they're excited. But um, it means a lot. It means a lot to see OU come in here because you know when they went to the Big Twelve, it kind of you know kind of split it a little bit. But it's a it's an exciting time. It just brings back old memories. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett. Uh, Going to jump in here in the mailbag as you heard uh, Mickey Joseph uh, talking about playing Oklahoma, and there's a lot of great Oklahoma memories with Mickey Joseph. And before we get to that, I want to remind you once again: check out Husker Online. Uh, we just crossed the 10,000 member mark this week. Uh, exciting uh, milestone here for a site we've only been on on three for a few months. So excited about that! Check us out. We've got a great promotion going on right now. One year now, ten dollars. HuskerOnline.com, but let's bring in Grant Hansen, uh, who's also part of our Husker Online team, uh, to lead us through the mailbag. Grant, no surprise, we had a lot of questions this week in the mailbag. I kind of said, you filter through, give me the best ones. Uh, what do you lead us off with today, Grant? Yeah, I, I think uh, we'll start with the Coach Frost stuff. So this is one I've seen a lot of people asking, and uh, someone asked on, on your tweet there, so why no exit press conference for Scott Frost? I, I would say exit press conferences, and Sip, you can back up on this, and Robin as well. They're, they're not the norm. No. Um, we saw one with Mike Riley, and and you can confirm this, Sip. Moose was kind of uncomfortable with that, right? And, and they let him yeah. do it. Yeah, yeah. And Doc Sadler did yeah. one. That was really uncomfortable. Doc was very uncomfortable. It was, it was his request. Didn't I know they, that. Didn't he coach the game, and they <clears throat> fired him after the Big 12 tournament, and like they literally did the press conference like after the game ended? Oh, no. 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 No, oh, they had it, it the was, next day. I, it was, it was. He was back in Lincoln. Yeah. Let's put it that. No, way. I, I thought like the the game was that same day, and then the plane landed in Lincoln, and, and they had and he did the announcement because he was still wearing his suit with like the red stripe tie. I still remember You've that. You've been hit by too many footballs in the head, Sean. <laughs> um, the, <laughs> I don't. No, no, I don't think that's the case at all. I don't think that was the case at all. But he was very emo. Doc was real emotional. He was emotional. It was his idea, and in both cases. You guys can disagree with me, but in both cases, Doc and Riley, I thought it was extremely awkward. Yes, especially when it like turned to questions. I don't, th- I don't think Doc got asked a single question because it was like, "What do you ask?" Yeah, like, all right, so what's next? And Riley got <laughs> asked. Know? Riley got asked an interesting question that day, right? What's, well, then he went to the somebody basketball asked him game. how he felt to be fired. Yeah, what, what's it? What's it like to be fired? Yeah. I, yes. Oh, who? And, and yeah, easy. Um, but anyway, the the. Uh, yeah, awkward, and I just wouldn't. I don't think Frost would want to do that at all. No, it's not his style at all to do that. Well, Frost is. In, I think he's in Idaho this weekend. He unplugged Idaho, and he's going to be golfing and just getting away. I mean, he got. He's he's going to be out of town over the weekend. Is my understanding. Good idea. And we talked about this before. Like, do you think he's a guy? Like, like how how public is he going to be around nebraska is this going to be a deal where we just don't hear from him or see he him? will stick around for probably at least a year is my understanding like nebraska they're, yeah they're not just going to pull out and he's got a lake house in ashland as well that okay. he can get away from if he has to um but you don't even really see him around lincoln that often he, he'll keep a low profile oh yeah but, um, but i bet he just will want to live his life right yeah and I think he'll get into coaching, whether it's group of five head or high level coordinator. I think he'll get back in somewhere. Okay, Grant, yeah, I should. So, uh, if Coach Frost made the staff changes he made this off season uh, a few years ago, this is from Dylan. You think this could have worked? So, if he made the changes that he made this off season a couple of years ago, would this have worked out? I think after twenty twenty. That's maybe when he should have looked at doing some more changes, but it complicated matters because they won the Rutgers game. And you know they, but the last game they ran for a bunch of yards, right? You couldn't really make a. It'd been awkward to make a move on Austin, Greg Austin at that point, right? right? But the Minnesota game the week before that was a fireball performance. Minnesota came in with like forty guys off COVID, mm-hmm. and they just beat the crap out of Nebraska, and it was embarrassing. And Nebraska didn't run the ball, and now they, that wasn't Austin's deal there. For, Scott just chose not to run it very much, and it was cold. Yeah, it was cold, and Minnesota wasn't a good run-stopping team. It was very, it was a very 
peculiar game plan by Scott. But as far as firing guys, I mean, no, I don't know. I, I, 2019 was five and seven, and they parted ways with Trey Walters mm-hmm. after 2019. Mm-hmm. And then the Lubick hire, though, was just such a comfort hire. And, and I know it's easy to say that now, but it didn't have like a lot of pop to it when you really look at it today. No. Not at all, especially like people were talking about like Mark Helfrich coming back and being the OC. And so to settle for a guy that uh, was working at a credit union the year before, that uh, was a bit of a downgrade. Now, in a lot of people's to be mind. fair, he had an extensive assistant coaching background and took a year off. He just wasn't a credit advisor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's or whatever you do at a credit union. Now, now, here's the deal. It's it's sort of interesting. Lubick. I mean, I think one thing we've learned here is if you have to talk yourself into this guy's a good assistant, then it's probably not the best hire. I found myself doing that a lot around here. Uh, he could be all right, I guess, you know. But usually it's better if he hires someone like Whipple and you say, oh, he got Whipple. Or, That's Mi- good. or, or Mickey. Yeah, or Mickey. Yeah. yeah. Bill Bush. Bill Bush. I mean, he, he, yeah. I mean, yeah, he made drastic changes. All right, what do you got next, Grant? Sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, if, if there's an outside hire made at head coach, is there anyone on the current staff that you could see staying on? I could see Mickey. Yeah. Uh, I could see Bush having a chance. Those would be two that jump. What do you um, do with Donovan Rayola? That's, yeah, that's a wild card um, for a lot of reasons. But I think a lot well, of the, One reason is his, his nephew. That's and you, a, you can kind of... Do you think there's a relationship there still? Like, do you, I mean, what do you think of that situation? <laughs> you don't want to go there, I Turner. I don't want to go there. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, if Ryan Day would leave for the pros, and I had this conversation with Sean Beckton this summer. It, I mean, that's the way a lot of teams, including Nebraska, are looking at this. Dil- Big picture, yeah, yeah, any recruit. Not just, I mean, with any recruit, because they can't obviously talk about the recruits. Right, Rayola, <laughs> Rayola, the young quarterback. I mean, a lot of them are like – Okay, he's he's committed to Ohio State, but if Ryan Day jumps, the recruitment reopens, and Nebraska um, maybe would be part of that. All right, uh, if, if if especially if Donovan's still here. So someone here, this is an interesting thought too, and I, I've I think I can kind of see the analogy, but we'll see what you guys think. So why is everyone so high on Matt Campbell when he can't win the Big Twelve? Is he essentially another Mike Riley? No, oh, gosh. <laughs> I mean, Mike, Matt Campbell won a Fiesta Bowl, and he did. He's he's a program builder. He's a winner. I mean, he's he's you go back to all. He he was at Mount Union when you know in one of the greatest Division three programs in the kind of like Lance Leipold in a lot of ways. I mean, yeah. he, very similar paths. Yeah, Mount Union in Wisconsin, Whitewater would battle. And all then the time. he went to the MAC, just mm-hmm. like Lance Leipold went to the MAC, mm-hmm. and then he went to Big Twelve. I mean, so their their paths are pretty similar. Yep. The difference is. You know, Campbell has gone to a uh, Fiesta Bowl, and, and they played for a Big 12 championship, right? Yeah, they absolutely played for a Big 12 championship the year they went to the Fiesta Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, his, that was his kind of high-water year. Um, now, this is, now, this is a pretty big year for Campbell. you got to watch it. He was 7-6 and six last year with a team that many thought was, hey, come on, they went into that They're year. season top 10. Yeah, a lot of people thought they were a playoff-caliber team. Uh-huh. Um, so they now on the heels of that finish, you want to see a little bit more from him, or it wouldn't be a very appealing hire, I don't think. If if Iowa State would slide again to seven and five, what I mean, what are we talking about? Yeah, I mean, I, I look at a Mark Stoops or a, a Bill O'Brien as, as higher up on my. But you know, are those guys interested? We don't know. Yeah. Right. All right, Grant. Final question: What do you have? What's your favorite cut of steak? <sighs> That's young a, guys, young guys, answer this. Um, well, I'm a, I'm for the record, I'm a ribeye guy, bone in. Thanks for putting that on the record, Sean. Um, <laughs> and I'm looking forward to our trip to New Brunswick because we're actually going to introduce. Well, we kind of introduced you to the Husker Online trap way of travel yeah, in, in Dublin. Pretty posh, actually. <laughs> we're bo- we're bushy like that. <laughs> yeah, you're pretty bushy. Very bushy. I'm getting used to it. I feel like I've moved up uh, in the world a little. Well, bit. we're smart how we do. We don't yeah. we don't overpay for anything. We we just hustle the system and we figure it out. I mean, we're staying in New Brunswick though. <laughs> you are at, a hustler, at, at if Steakhouse else. A, at Steakhouse <laughs> Steakhouse 85, which is the official steakhouse of the University of Rutgers Athletic Department. So I'm looking forward to that one. Robin and I have 
kind of done the tour, and that's that's kind of one of the ones we haven't hit yet. Robin, what's your favorite? Yeah, uh, cut of meat. I'm a filet mignon guy. Okay. Uh, the filet, I mean, it's the best cut on the on the steak. Grant, it's tough. So I used to be filet all the way, and then I had a ribeye. So. <laughs> I, it's a, it's a toss-up. I mean, you're going to add about a thousand more calories to the steak when you yes. get a ribeye. Yeah. That's the advantage. <laughs> I'm ribeye or T-bone. I mean, ribeye generally. I like fat. I mean, See, I like I, don't. I like the lean. See, I like fat. Of the fillet. Yeah. My favorite. I'm trying to think what my favorite Big Ten steak place we went is. I mean, the, I like Outback. The, well, man, like Outback. Manny's in Minnesota. <laughs> the, the Outback. I like this, Outback. This, the Cincinnati Airport at yeah. three in the morning. Outback Steakhouse. That we saw. We were just like, oh god, that looks amazing. Um, M- Manny's. I like Tornado Room. The Tornado Room in, in Madison. Um, that, that place in Northwestern. Evanston was pretty good. It's not prime. Yeah. And it's still good though. It's good. Uh, the barn. Yeah. It's owned by the owner of Morton Steakhouse's daughter. Okay. Is what I'm told. So that's a good one. The barn at Evanston, but. Um, we need to try Murray's now next time in Minneapolis. Right. We've heard from locals that it's as good, if not better, than Manny's. And maybe a little cheaper. Manny's is pricey. Really pricey. Yes, it is. But that's, So what are we doing in New Brunswick again? We're going to eat at Steakhouse 85, Whoa. which is the official steakhouse of Rutgers Athletics. It's walking distance from the Hyatt Regency where we're staying, which also happens to be where the team stays for Nebraska that week. So... Uh, it should be a nice little trip. We'll have time out there, and we won't have to be wor- worrying about coaching stuff. You know, uh, like, that was my fear, guys, when we went on these know. road trips. Like, we have to bust it back here to potentially cover a press conference the next morning. Relying on airplane Wi-Fi on regional jets that don't have airplane Wi-Fi. <laughs> but should be good. Grant, appreciate you stepping in. Yeah, Abby, uh, Abby's out today, and uh, Grant did a great job stepping in for Abby. Good job, Grant. Yeah, thanks for having me. Way to go, Grant. All right, when we come back, um, we're going to talk some Big Ten stuff. We're going to talk coaching names and more. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Obviously, we're going to do a national search. We're going to engage some third-party help, mostly for logistics and other things. I want you to know as well, and I would encourage our fans and everyone to recognize there will be a lot of rumors out there. There's going to be a lot of innuendo. I want you to know that, that these sort of decisions and processes are not made in a silo. I have a lot of great mentors and friends that we'll be working with. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Final segment of the show, Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, Steve Sipple as uh, inviting you again. Make sure you check out Husker Online. we got a great special going on right now. Get your whole year for $10, all the coaching search news, all the latest inside scoop. Uh, check out our Tunnel Talk feature we do on Fridays. Uh, you're going to get stuff in there. You're not going to get anywhere else at HuskerOnline.com. But, guys, I want to talk just Big Ten games in general um, and then, obviously, some coaching candidates will be watching closely. But, um, number one, last week was a horrible week for the Big Ten West. Wisconsin lost. Iowa lost. Nebraska lost. Minnesota is the only team in the West that remains undefeated. Illinois got a nice win over Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, but they lost the previous week to Indiana. Mm-hmm. Um, Purdue um, has the loss to Penn State under, underneath their belt, but they've looked, they beat Indiana State last week like a drum. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, the West is kind of a. I mean, that's what's so perplexing about Nebraska's situation is the. I mean, the West. No, is, it's not perplexing. It's disappointing. Like it's, it's never been more open. Exactly. Yeah, that they're in this situation when the division is at this state. Like the timing could not be. It's worse. disappointing. Yeah, I mean Wisconsin. Now, Wisconsin lost a game to Washington State. and They were, Was- they were 17.5-point favorites. Yeah, Washington State picked low in the Pac-12. It's not a great Washington State team. They go into Camp Randall and win. Now, I, I was reading yesterday, um, these Wisconsin players said they were not they, – they were flat, flat for the game. These college kids, sometimes they don't get up for games. It's in, it happens all the time. I've been covering it for 25 years. Sometimes it's in, they're just inexplicably flat. Um, the leaders on that Wisconsin team were, were angry. I mean, they said, we just didn't have it. They had to jump around at the end of the third quarter, and, and Keanu Benton 
You, do you recognize that name? He's a lineman, mm-hmm. uh, he's a defensive lineman for mm-hmm. Wisconsin. He said, you know, the jump around, they're having a jump around. It was great, but on our sideline, it was dead. It happens, and it they, they were dead. And Iowa. Oh yeah. They're okay. I, I just want to share some numbers with you guys because these these are real, and you're almost not going to believe these numbers. Iowa's offense right now is averaging seven seven points a game as a team. That, that includes safeties and field goals. Not yeah, not those aren't all touchdowns. Not not, not all touchdowns. <laughs> They have Iowa's points. They have one touchdown, one field goal, one extra point, and two safeties. Jeez. I'll tell you part of the problem that, that y- y- you have to be – I mean, most Iowa fans know this because they probably fixate on it. They're, they only have two available scholarship receivers right now. You know what they're doing? They're not even lining up with three receivers very often. And if there's a third receiver, it's Sam Laporta, the tight end. Mm-hmm. They're just lining up two receivers most of the time. So, they're not going to 11 personnel. It's just two wideouts and Sam Laporta, so a tight end. Iowa is averaging really good tight end. seven good points tight end. per game on defense. They're off, or their defense is giving up six and a half. So the average score of an Iowa game right now is seven to six and a half. Mm-hmm. And I, I just want to share a couple more numbers here because this is unbelievable when you think about it. They're at 158 yards of offense a game total, not, not one side of the ball. That's insane. So they have 115 rushing yards right now mm-hmm. on the year in two games, and they have 201 passing yards. They are averaging 2.8 yards per play. The next lowest in the conference right now is 5.5. They're 158 yards per game of total offense. The next lowest is 399. To put, to put that in perspective, the yards per play was what? Two, two, 2.8. Iowa's averaging 2.8 yards per play. Georgia Southern averaged 7.7 yards per play. Well, Nebraska's averaging 6.8 yards per play. Okay. I mean, but Nebraska's defense, on the other hand, is 492 yards per game. Nebraska's offense is 492.3 yards per game. Mm. Kind of the the reverse (laughs) reverse situations on that. I'll tell you, I read about it last night. Kirk Ferentz and Brian, they're emphasizing – the. The fact they don't have receivers, they're they're banged up. Keegan Johnson, for instance, is is hurt. Um, <laughs> they let that guy just transfer to Purdue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Charlie Jones. Charlie Jones is a big loss for them, but they're they're banged up at receiver, and that's that they feel like that's what's holding them back. Should also be noted that Kirk Ferentz doubled down again on Spencer Petras as their uh, starting quarterback, and starting? it's it's getting to the point now where his reasoning is because I'm the head coach. And that's my decision. How, like, how, it's, it's getting to that point. How about the – I sent this to you, Simple. How about the cameo of Bob Stoops? Cameos where you pay somebody just to make a video. Like, you can have celebrities send you a birthday message for oh friends. Boy. Oh, boy. Somebody, somebody had a cameo of Bob Stoops basically, like, telling off Brian – how poor he is as a play caller, and it's okay to step out of the family business. It might be better for you. I don't think he knew. Did he know what he was going know, on? He didn't know what was going on. Yeah. He just read the can- I, I, I'm a little surprised that Stoops wouldn't know what was going yeah, on at Iowa. Have, have some awareness yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Read the room there a little bit. But yeah. yeah, that was an interesting deal. But, all right, coaching candidates. We're going to be talking about this for three months. Mm-hmm. So we didn't go heavy duty on the candidate. We've done that all week on the Husker Online channel. Um, but any candidates this weekend you're going to be watching closely? Well, I mean. Mickey Joseph. <laughs> yeah, Mickey Joseph, first and foremost. Matt Campbell cer- certainly is going to be one coming off that win against Iowa. He finally beat Iowa. Can he keep things going uh, at, at Iowa State? This is a critical year. We, we talked about early in the show about uh, you know what, what he needs to do. Can he keep that momentum going? Um, and then obviously, uh, you know, some of the other names on there, Mark Stoops at Kentucky, um, watch Alabama's offense, Alabama's offense, watch Alabama's offense with O'Brien, Alabama's offense was see if that passing game can get a little bit, uh, back on track. They were rough against Texas throwing the football. Yeah, they were. Um, I'll tell you what I believe is happening, what will happen. And I, this is not, this is an educated guess, I guess Trev Alberts will spend a, an appreciable amount of time watching games, watching press conferences, not going to games. I mean, Trev Alberts probably shouldn't go to the Iowa State game and and see it in person. Jim Rose said, though, on our deal that don't be surprised if Trev on the bye week sneaks out to a game and just throws a ball cap on. Yeah, you would think if he does that, he would dress down and not be high profile. But I don't he can, know if I've ever seen him not wear like a full suit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he can watch. He can watch. He can watch a lot of football, and he'll. He'll. 
I, I mean, I'd love to know what Trev Alberts is doing uh, on Saturday night. I will. will love, I mean, Nebraska has 11 a.m. kickoff. There'll be plenty to watch after that. I'd love to know what he's doing. And by the way, Lance Leipold asked about Nebraska this week. Chris Kleiman. First question at his press conference. Very first question was about Nebraska. Chris Kleiman asked about Nebraska this week by the media. He shut it down. And, and, I mean, I always kind of chuckle because, like, what are they going to say? What's he supposed to say? Yes, I'm actually strongly considering this position. What do you think? I would leave Kansas for Nebraska in a heartbeat. They double my salary. He's only making, like, three point. Five, I want to say three something mm-hmm. million at Kansas. So, well, you watch him. I mean, they just Kansas just won at West Virginia. Huh? I mean, that's that gets your attention. I mean, this is this is it's pretty interesting what what Lance has done there. He beat Texas last year in Austin. They only won two games, but remember, they remember that afternoon when Nebraska was on a bye and Kansas bout beat Oklahoma and Lawrence. Yeah, I was I was in Kansas City. And yeah. I stayed at the Oklahoma team hotel and I, I was in the elevator with the sooner coaches. And I said, take it easy on Kansas today, guys. Cause they were like 38 point favorites or something. And, and, and Kansas had them on the ropes in the second half. Well, really pressed them till the very end. Kansas goes on later in the season to win in at Texas. And then Kansas is two and zero this year. Yep. And so they're going into the, it at Houston this uh, week and tough. they're 10 point dogs. Yeah, so tough. if they can find a way to, to replicate what they did uh-huh. last Saturday, that that would be notable. It's crazy that they, they play nine Big Twelve games, and it's really like a tenth game when they have Houston. That's another Big Twelve team next year, so yep. they, they have a brutal schedule. Mm-hmm. They do. Mm-hmm. They so do. who else you watching? All right, as we wrap it up here in the conference, um, nobody in the con. But yeah, I, I'm. I think Kentucky's on my radar because mm-hmm. I, I do think Stoops is attainable. Mark Mark Stoops and. I think there's some connections there. You do think he's attainable? Because well, a lot of people would push back on that. I think he's in at a basketball school, and you look at the back and forth he had at John Calipari this offseason. Recently, yes. Recently, and that, that would get old. I mean, Calipari said it was a basketball school. Mark Stoops took big issue with that. That would get old, and you know they're paying him in the sixes right now, right? Seven. He seven. just got raised. Seven. He just got raised to $7 million So it would take like eight and a half to get him probably, mm-hmm. over eight. Yeah, well, I'll tell you that's that's definitely one to watch. He, that would be a home run hire. Vince um, Merrow making his return back to mm-hmm. Nebraska. <laughs> Vince is an assistant; they're a big time recruiter, kind of kind of like a Mickey Joseph, right? Yeah, I mean he's he's like a million dollar assistant coach. Um, I mean that's what he. I mean that's how valuable he is to their operation. But here's another thing to watch real quick: is when Fox Big Noon Saturday comes to town, there's going to be an analyst. That would be very interested to see what he thinks about Nebraska's situation in Urban Meyer. There's a sort of an acid test that crossed my mind this morning about Urban Meyer. What if, what if Nebraska hired Kyle Whittingham? Mm. Okay, and you and you would regard that as a home run hire. But then, if Urban Meyer went back to Utah, would you say, mm, "Wait a second, did we get did we get the right guy, or did Utah get the right guy?" It's almost like an acid test. What would your reaction be to that? If if you got Whittingham at Nebraska, but then Urban Meyer went back to Utah, would you say, ooh, we didn't get the right one? Or, or would you say, no, we got the right one? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to knock getting Whittingham, but Urban Meyer's different. I mean, he's one <laughs> of those he ended different up in Utah. Guys, yes. would, would, if, as a, would Nebraska fans be always watching Utah going, oh, God, we could have probably had it. Yeah, especially when they're winning 10 games yeah, right away. Right. Tim Beck, briefly on Urban Meyer, Tim Beck once told me, I go, what's it like to work for him? Why is he so good? And he's just like, he, he demands greatness. I mean, he, he really, truly demands that and gets that. And it Sometimes um, goes a little too far. But yeah, he's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's he, – He's an interesting guy, but lots more to follow. Go on Husker Line. We've got a great coaching hot board that we're going to keep updating. Follow our post-game coverage. Steve Sippel will have his column up. I'll have mine up. Robin will have his takes up. And we'll have a post-game show as well. Uh, so make sure you get on our YouTube channel or later on on the podcast channel. Uh, Robin, Sip, and I will give our takes following the Oklahoma game. Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics.